0: I can agree with the last one. Go ahead and flip those lights back on, there, Ryan. Um, because y'all know what my favorite time of the year is, right? Girl Scout cookie time. Yep, Feb- the beginning of February when Girl Scout cookies come out. And 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 I'll be honest, now that some, you can buy Samoa's at Walmart for, I mean, like a dollar fifty, uh, it makes it hard to be excited about Girl Scout cookies anymore. But they still have some good stuff. So I'm, I'm with that guy um, as far as the, the last one goes. Um, let's start a new series. We're calling it Mood Swingers. And uh, I want to talk about your mood today. What kind of mood did you wake up with this morning? I'm bewildered. Tired, bewildered. Care to explain? Oh, 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 okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what what else? What, who else? What kind of mood did you wake up in this morning? We didn't want to come to work. Come to work for for some of us is yeah, you know, this is work. It's the greatest job in the world. But uh yeah, who else? i just tired and sluggish. Tired? Yeah. Yeah. I um I wake up I'm not a morning person at all. I'm a I'm a, like a ten to two person, right? That's just not a night person, not a not a morning person. I'm a ten, I'm a brunch person. That's right. Ask leave. Am I am I not? I'm a ten to. 2. I'm a, like I'm in the zone at ten to two. Come come. Yeah. Well, you get four good hours out of me, and then I'm I'm toast. I'm done. And, and, I mean, it's serious, though. It's, I, I, that's when I think well and, you know, that kind of thing. Now, I, I do, when I wake up in the morning, I think really well in the morning. But if you want to talk to me, I'm like, oh, I'm just you know. And, and people tell me, you need to start, you need to drink coffee because I don't drink coffee. I worked at Starbucks. But I love the smell of coffee, but I never drank any of it. In fact, did you know at Starbucks you can get four free drinks on an eight-hour shift? One before you get there two for each break, and one after you leave. You know what I did? I filled a venti milk. The first time I was walking out with four venti milks, they jumped on me. (laughs) And then after that, I just took two home every day. And they were like, that's not what that's for. And I was like, oh, well, okay, sorry. Um, But here's the thing about your mood. Because I wake up in the morning, and and I am grunky, grunky, grunky? See, it's, it's 10. I got no excuse. Yeah, I'm supposed to be in the zone right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm grumpy. I'm groggy. You know, it's just kind of and uh, and it takes me a while in the morning when we're taking the kids to school. Um, not now, obviously, because it's the summer. But like if leave has to work and going to work early and it's me in charge. Oh, I'm a bear. I mean, if they're not on task, it's like, come on, what are we doing? Let's go, let's go, let's go, you know? More like drill sergeant Jason than, than dad Jason. Um, but what, what you notice is that your mood is created by what your heart and your mind believe at that particular moment, right? This is why um, when you're tired, you're more influenced by your circumstances, In your environment, because you you don't have the the strength to filter as much, Um, and our emotions they tend to be directed by our feelings and our circumstances, and not by wisdom. Not by wisdom. Um, Most people make decisions based out of their heart and their feelings and their mood. Um, Now, this can be a long term mood, right? Or it can be a short-term move, but it can have disastrous, really lifelong effects on on your life. I know people who have been so angry, they said something to their spouse, and it changed their marriage forever. I know um, people who have slept with somebody over lust because lust overtook their heart. And they either contracted something, or just at the very least, they got this serious case of guilt and and shame and remorse. Um, People sit in fear and sadness, and it destroys relationships, and, and people don't want to be around you. Now, all of this comes from the heart. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about our mood, our our. Our mind, what we dwell on, our our feelings, right, that, that kind of thing, and and here's what the Bible says about our heart. Because what do we hear in culture all the time? We hear, just follow your heart, just follow your heart. You know what the you know what the Bible says? No, don't do that. Look at this, Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Now Jeremiah is not saying that your heavenly father can't cure it. He's saying, you can't fix this. This is a God thing. Right? And then, I love this this next sentence, statement. Who can understand it? Right? Guys, it's like trying to figure out your wife. Right? You got it nailed down, and then everything changes the next day. Why? Because of their mood. Right? It's just, it's crazy. Should I just wrap this up so we can, y'all can just beat me now? Yeah. have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a half of it, right, right? No, but I understand this last sentence. Who can understand it? Because when, when you... When I say something that I shouldn't say, which happens very rarely, y'all know me, right? It's very rare. The first thing I think is, what did I say? Why did I say that? What was I thinking? I'm doing what Jeremiah is saying here. Who can understand it? I don't understand why I did that. Why I said that. Jesus, Mark 7, verse 21 through 23. He says, for it is from within. It's out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Now most of these All right, we we probably can't relate to. Until we get towards the end. Sexual immorality, theft, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness. All right, we're all good. But then, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. I mean, folly just covers all the bases, doesn't it? It's just like, well, whatever we didn't cover, there's folly. Oh! And Jesus says, all these evils come from inside and defile a person. Satan doesn't cause you to sin. He tempts you to sin. You know, when we're driving down, and as a guy, you're driving down the road, and did y'all know that this is the first Sunday of summer? Officially? How ridiculous is this, right? So this is when Bud Light and all these... All these beer com- commercials put scantily clad women up on billboards as you're driving down the interstate, right? And i got to sit here and do this and put the visor down and just kind of look through between my, my windshield wiper and the, and the dashboard kind of thing so that I'm, I'm not tempted. But Satan doesn't cause me to sin. That comes from right here, right? And, and emotions are complicated, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about, like, in the personal sense, like, you know, you're having a bad day, and as a husband, I'm like, okay, I can fix this for leave, and then, and then you know, you, you just try, and it's just like, right? No fixing, just listen, right? She's not like that. She's loving, she's caring. Um, but I don't mean, like, they're complicated in the personal sense, but they're compl- they can be complicated in, in a godly sense. Um. Because some emotions are sinful. Just having them in your heart, some emotions are sinful. Lust, right? J- Jesus says, You look lustfully at another person, you're committing adultery. Ugh. I mean, I got all kinds of friends, they're not here in the church. They're like, eh, Just look, but don't touch. No, don't look, because looking leads to touching, right? The Bible says that the only person we can lust after is our spouse, okay? So, wives, your husbands will really appreciate that, okay? Lust after your your husband, all right? Some emotions are sinful if you act upon them, okay? Arrogance, arrogance. There is a, a fine line between the difference of confidence and arrogance. And it's oftentimes the way you act it out, right? <laughs> Leave will tell me things all the time, and I cross the line. Like, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll say, oh, that outfit looks good on you. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know? Arrogance, right? She's like, Jason, you, got, you can't do that. I'm like, but seriously, right? <laughs> messing with her? So the way you act them out can sometimes be sinful. And then there's some emotions that are sinful if you act upon them in an incorrect manner. Anger, for example. Jesus, and I would love to have been here when this occurred, but Jesus goes into the the temple, the synagogue one time, and they're they're, they're called money changers. Basically, they're selling you... Um, um, sacrifices, doves and lambs, and they're selling them at this exorbitant price, right? And they're just they've turned the church into a money-making profit We've probably been to some of those churches, right? We we know you see some of them on TV. And Jesus just starts like just tearing stuff up, just like, ah, ah you know, just going crazy, right? he's paying attention now he's like what is up with you and 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 he (laughs) nice you're welcome sir so so jesus starts going crazy and and you would think oh his anger has overtaken him he's not sinning because this was the right thing to do and he acted correctly with his anger now for me and you can ask leave my anger, a lot of you know, and I've, I've shared this before, man. I've I've come a long way from when I was a teenager and and anger issues to to now. But most of my anger is about control. In, in fact, most of your sin that you deal with, when you look at the motives behind your emotions, it's about control. Let me let me um. Let's talk about some emotions real quick. Somebody throw out. Let's talk about fear. All right. Let's talk about fear. What's the, what's the motive behind fear? Loss of control, right? <clears throat> yeah. Fear. Loss of control. All right. Uh, let's talk about, and this is, you know, fear is, is worry, anxiety, right? But let's, let's go a little bit more specific on that one even. Because our generation, and I'm just above the millennial generation, right? I'm a few years above that. Uh, and, but our, my generation and the millennial generation deal, deal with something even more specific. Social anxiety, Some of you woke up this morning and went, I don't want to come. Don't want to go to church. And you're wrestling with God, right? And you say, What's the motive behind this? It's similar to this, but just a little bit more specific. It's a loss of control of your environment. You can't control. Your environment, right? And that scares you. Am I relating to anybody here? Everybody's like, okay, okay, thanks. Everybody, y'all. All All right. What about uh, what about gossip? Which isn't really an emotion, but kind of a, a sin nonetheless. Gossip. What's the what's the, huh? Jealousy. Okay. Keep digging. Okay? Okay? Keep going. Keep going. All of these are, are whittling down here. Yep. Judgment? Yep. Insecurity. Insecurity? Yep. And what you're trying to do when you gossip about somebody is you're trying to have control and power over them in what you say. What about Greed. Greed is control over your lifestyle. You want a better lifestyle than what you have, right? And you'll do whatever it takes to get it. Now, let me ask you this. Are these motives selfish? They're all about yourself, right? Yeah. Now, let me ask this. When we look at Jesus... Did he ever have control? Oh, pastor's asking like a real hard question now. You can't just say Jesus and it's the answer. Did he have control? He never had control. He could have had control, just like we can have control. Jesus never had control. He always followed the one who was in control, and that was his heavenly Father. And here's the thing if we are created in God's likeness, he did not create us to be influenced by the circumstances around us. He did not create us to be directed and guided by our sinful, selfish heart. He created us to be led by him emotions and and i want to i want to share this with you and and walk with me here for just a second and then we're going to look at jesus because jesus had some crazy emotions but but emotions are the key litmus test to know how deep your relationship with jesus is being here in church does not make you a, a christian I mean, you're getting a lot of information, this is, this is good stuff, I hope, you know, the music, you know, some, maybe some of you are more emotional uh, uh, worshipers, and so you're worshiping with the music, and the message is okay, some of you are more uh, uh, um, informational, I guess, and the message is great, the music's okay, that's, that's fine, it's all differently. but being here doesn't make you a Christian, it doesn't make you a Christ follower, it doesn't punch your ticket into heaven, Right? The very basic relationship with Jesus is that you are spending time with him. You're obeying his commands in scripture, and you desire him in your life, right? You want to know Christ and to be known by him. The very basic relationship with Jesus is in your living room or your bedroom or your closet, wherever it is. If you've got kids, it's probably your closet, right? Right? <laughs> bathroom with the locked door, you know, what you doing in there, you know, they get there waving their hands underneath, the very basic relationship with Jesus is you spending time with him on your own, because you desire God, I mean, and that's superficial surface relationship, the very beginning, the next deeper step, now, and I don't want to categorize this as, here's 12 steps to know God in a deep way, That's, that's not the way this works, but I'm just trying to simplify it. The next, like, deeper step is when you have Scripture in your heart and in your mind, and you're walking through your day, and you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you and directing you, and, and He says, I want you to do this. And then all of a sudden, Scripture comes into your mind confirming that. You know what I'm saying? Anything that ever happened? And, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's great. It's kind of like that next, you know you're growing deeper in Christ, Now, back to the emotions, the the next deeper step after that that I've noticed is that when you're continually doing this, continually listening to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and through Scripture, then you're going to begin to see that He is directing your, your life, your thoughts, your heart, and it's not your emotions and your feelings and your sinful heart leading you. Anger no longer overtakes you. That was what we talked about before that. Fear no longer controls you because you know He is in control. Hatred leaves your heart because you know that no matter what that person has done to you, God loves that person and you need to love that person as well. So it's at this depth of relationship with your heavenly Father that, that I've found that peace is so strong, right? This is the point to where in your relationship with God that you're going to love someone that you previously just hated, I mean could not stand and you realize that you love your enemy. This is is where we want to go. Matthew 26, verse 39. Jesus is walking in the garden. He is about to be crucified. And he tells his, uh, his buddies, his disciples, some of them were kind of hanging out in the garden, and three of them went with him, and he said... Y'all wait here, please pray for me, I'm struggling, I'm having some serious, you know, issues in my heart. And it says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. What emotion is Jesus feeling right here? agony yep anguish anxiety not in the way of worry or fear because that yeah but it, but that that feeling of not wanting to take on what is coming right well with that last sentence that last Uh, yet not as I will, but as you will. Yes, he has resigned himself to do what his father has told him. This is an emotion we've never experienced, I would bet. Scripture says he cries blood. This is an actual medical condition that when stress is so overwhelming that you can cry blood. This is Stress. Serious stress. And and this is one of those emotions that, as I said earlier, it's okay to have, but it's not okay to act upon because it would be against God's will. Now, you jump to chapter 27, and Jesus is on the cross, verse 39 through uh, 44. And you see all these people talking to him. And you can imagine his emotions. Verse 39, it says, Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. That's, uh, they didn't understand that he wasn't talking about the physical temple. They was talking about Jesus was going to rise again in three days and, and do the exact same thing that giving sacrifice at the temple did. You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you're the son of God. And in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders, they mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him. you let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And in the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. He had two robbers, one on either side of him. These feelings and the people that were surrounding him at the cross, they're telling him, don't do it. You son of God, you don't have to die here. And the Holy Spirit is in his heart and his mind saying, I need you to die for these people. I need you to give your life for them. And, and it's, it mentions the thieves. In Luke chapter 23, verse 39. It says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. And here's the insult. He says... Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us, right? There's no selfish motivation there, right? Dude, you were healing people. Come on, what's, just help us out here. Help a brother out. Same thing. And you can. Jesus was fully human and fully God. Okay, in cult, in our in theological culture, the pendulum swings back and forth on that. Right now. It's swinging more to fully God than fully human right and sometimes it swings more to fully human than fully God but but right now we're there but he was equal parts fully human fully God right it says so in the beginning of Matthew Mark, Luke, and John so Jesus is not above like oh I got this I'm cross I hear you you're not gonna you're not gonna tempt me you can't you know He's feeling it. And he knows that he could call down angels. They come and get him. They pull him off the cross. He's he's good right then and there. But here's what would happen after that. If he got down off the cross, he would have eventually died just like us. But before he even dies, he would have been miserable for the rest of his life. Because he disobeyed his father. Knowing scripture and listening to the Holy Spirit is the only way to live your life. If you want to live your life to the fullest potential, right? You hear that all the time. You want to live your life to the fullest potential? Don't take this pyramid scheme. Don't follow this seven-step money-making, you know, whatever. Follow Christ. If Jesus doesn't do this, we're not forgiven. If Jesus doesn't do this, we are ruled by impossible rules and law. If Jesus doesn't do this, we don't go to heaven. If you do not love God with all your heart and desire Him, you're going to be miserable internally all your life. I know... I see how miserable they are. And they don't even see it. They're just trying to find something. they just—it's not right in their life. And they jump from one thing to another. They just have never experienced God's peace. And they're living out of that evil heart. And they're living out of the feelings that come from that. Wisdom only comes from Jesus. Wisdom is doing the right thing. Wisdom brings godly long-term results. Wisdom comes from reading and studying Scripture, spending time in prayer, listening to the Holy Spirit. Not here. I'm, I'm so glad you're all here. This is part of your life with Christ. But it occurs In the quietness of your closet or your bedroom or your living room when it's just you and God. God brings that wisdom and he teaches you and he begins to take you from being an emotion driven person to being a godly, Christ driven person. Let me pray for us. Father. I know that many of us struggle with this in our church. Every one of us struggle with it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So for each one of us, take us and help us to recognize and identify, I'm being driven by my emotions right now. I'm being driven by the circumstances around. Father, we pray that you... Tell us, show us, and then help us to focus on you so that we can be driven and guided and led by you so that we can make the right decision, so that we can see people come to know you as their Lord and Savior, so that we can be an influence and an example to those around us. Father, we pray that you will be so involved in our lives that we'll see an immediate change this week. We ask this in Jesus' name.